I V M. Yes. <laughs> well done. And all right. Uh, yeah. That was the best opening for a simplified episode ever. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Simplified, the show where four co-hosts try to decipher the world around you in simple language so that you can appear moderately smarter than when yeah. you started. And that deep, sagacious voice that you heard right up top that just said yes. <laughs> That uh, was Narendra Shanoi, who is one of our co-hosts, of course. And Naren has some interesting news. Yeah. As of yesterday, I am COVID positive. <coughs> so I had a fever last night and uh, it was pretty bad. It was 103 and uh, I had a headache. And uh, miraculously, uh, this morning it's gone. So I still have, a, I checked the thermometer, I still have a fever is 100 or so. But there's no headache, nothing. So, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, I've seen the worst of it. Yikes. Let's and see. such is your dedication, Naren, that you have shown up for uh, yes. seven recording. I didn't, I yeah, so I did not want to miss, uh, <laughs> miss the topic today. Which yeah. uh, and the co-hosts, yes, uh-huh. yeah. and co-hosts. I mean, and, uh, and yeah. such as such as his dedication that he has. I mean, most listeners are not privy to the beautiful visuals of our show right now, but such as the uh, dedication that Narendra Shenoy has exhibited that he has turned up only in Banyan. And his, yeah. his explanation for such is that there is no t-shirt in this room and I'm quarantining here. Yeah, so what happened was when I was uh, found positive, they basically, Sheila caught me by the scruff of my neck and pushed, shoved me into this room and oh, okay. uh, forbade me to come out under any circumstances. Wow. And uh, uh, she she threw all whatever she thought was uh, essential stuff, such as my laptop charger and my phone charger and things like that. So just to be clear, your podcast recording mic is more important in Sheila's eyes than clothing. <laughs> yeah. I told Ladies her. Ladies dedication to simplify. <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, I have no clothes. <laughs> so she, she is unmoved by that entreaty. She said, uh, yeah. <laughs> let, oh, well. let, so this episode uh, yeah. is going to come out only on the 17th of January. Hopefully Narain has recovered by then. But let that not stop the intrepid, simplified crowd from sending Narain get well soon messages or even profundities in get well soon form. Yeah. We are <laughs> counting on the same audience that uh, yeah. made Sriket's uh, website. So go for yeah, it, guys. I think, you know I think the IBM staff will put out a couple of choice uh, videos, clip, video clips of this episode as well on Twitter. So we also welcome all Narendra Shanath Thirst tweets. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So I, I genuinely do not know how to segue from this into the topic for the day. So let's just get right into it. A couple of weeks back, the James Webb telescope launched into the world. Actually, exactly a couple of weeks back because it happened on Christmas and last year yeah. was, uh, last week was when we, uh, at the time of recording. So one of our listeners, Everyday Silliness, He had recommended that we do an episode on this and it seemed like a fascinating thing because I've been seeing the James Webb thing on and off for the last year or so and I thought, okay, this might be a nice way to culminate everything and learnt up a few things about it as well. And of course, 
hey, just because closest link to astronomy I have is that in Big Bang Theory, the astronomer was, uh, the guy, his last name was Putra Palli and my last name also has a Palli in it. That's about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Palli in Malayalam, of course, is either lizard or church, depending on where you place your town. <laughs> so read into that what you will or will. Mm. Oh, Palli is a church, is it? Yeah, Palli is church. And Palli okay, is, because uh, in, in Mangalore, Palli is mosque. Anthony, who's our uh, guest producer right now, uh, along with Vinay, also informs us that Palli is cool in Tamil. So, wow. Very wow. much, yeah. Yeah. much, uh, much profound there. And you there. can say I, that the simplified uh, gang, we are all Pali. <laughs> it's a dystopian right. have you like there's a dystopian movie where there are a bunch of uh, video cassettes walking and that is a movie called pal e wow. like volley pal no 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 we fully just, the logic was not uh, a problem that, that, the, that was not the problem chuck Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. speaking of which, uh, and speaking of bad transitions, I don't think I think we have we have done it again and uh, forgotten to introduce ourselves. Okay. And uh, so yes, hi, this is Shriket, uh, one host of Simplified. We have Nare, mm-hmm. who is the COVID positive host of Simplified. We have Chan, yeah. who is nice. the just one idiotic uh, host of Simplified, and we have Tony, who is the absent mm-hmm. host of Simplified. Yeah. And so yeah. yeah, that is the general tally of uh, Simplified and Chuck. What is it that we will be talking about today? So just thought we'd have a quick simplified look at the James Webb telescope and what it means, how it's different from what came before it and all that. First up, we must Mm -hmm. ask the fundamental question, why bother getting a satellite of a telescope all the way up to space in the first place? And also why name it? Why name it after James Webb? I mean, that's the, uh, to be honest, that's the least important part of this, to be honest. But did you have a more fundamental question, Sriket? Why put a telescope like this in space? I mean, just know there is everything Why is put a in telescope? sky. Everything yeah. in sky. So the problem with that is that Earth is covered by an atmosphere. It's kind of annoying, but uh, at least this is solace that it uh, keeps everything else. Keeps us alive. Keeps us alive, mostly. And yeah, I'm which told is, which that is, there are useful things like the ozone layer and stuff like that. So yeah, my mm. inconvenience, yeah. So uh, when we are looking up into space, there are uh, uh, the atmosphere kind of like gets into way, so uh, gets in the way. So the best way to see space or what uh, one website described as the ultimate mountaintop to see space is just getting the damn telescope into space itself. Scientists and space agencies have been trying to get telescopes to space. And of course, the most famous of these uh, is the Hubble telescope that was launched by NASA in 1990. And it has actually exceeded expectations. Like in its report card, it's like like, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, completely... Uh, it's spent way more time actually there's another uh, website which is Chandra Ka Beta which is actually a Chandra Subramanian Chandra the Chandra X-ray telescope is actually named after Chandra so I guess that's the closest that we oh. can have to a Sharmaji Ka Beta telescope so anyway and, the and Hubble India's, telescope was launched and, and India's only hmm? 
India's only astronaut was Rakesh Sharma, so he was literally Sharma ji ka beta. So, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Okay. Okay. So jokes apart, we put up giant telescopes into space where there is no atmospheric disturbance. And one thing that all of you, I am sure, know that is that our eyes can perceive only a very small part of what we call what is light. Their light by itself contains of a lot of things. There is visible light, of course, which is what we see, Bibgyor and all those other things. Then there is infrared, which forms a large part of the light spectrum. Then there are other things like ultraviolet, X-ray, and of course, the light that emanates from Naren's wisdom. So these are the five, six <laughs> types of <laughs> light. Now, our eyes, ke, our eyes and traditional telescopes, etc. can detect only the visible spectrum, but there is a lot of information packed into the others as well. So the Hubble telescope actually is primarily for the visible spectrum and a little bit of ultraviolet. And NASA has sent up three other telescopes in in the interim. One was called the Spitzer Telescope, which was uh, to detect infrared. Then there's a Compton Telescope for gamma. And then there is Chandra for X-ray. These four mm. form NASA's four great observatories. This is a term that I came across only yesterday when I was reading up for this episode. The four great observatories. Kind of like, I suppose, the grand slam of uh, mm. space telescopes. <laughs> so, wow, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it's yeah, like you're a, you're, you do, or alternately, in a more Indian context, it's the Chartham Yatra of, a, of space telescopes. <laughs> or that, yeah. Yeah, or that, yeah. or that, sure. Whichever way you would like to take it, there's a WhatsApp forward waiting to happen <laughs> for that. Yeah. So, uh, it's like so the Hubble the next Indian astronaut that goes to space has to go and like do Sashtang Pranam in every one of those telescopes and come. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Put uh, Nimbu Mirchi and uh, everything outside. (laughs) (laughs) So the Hubble telescope has contributed a lot to science. It's also been a very integral part of public relations for NASA in some way. Right? It keeps sending back iconic images. Mm -hmm. NASA was smart enough to make those images available to the public almost immediately so that debate and discussion etc could happen around uh, around those and i suppose it all coincided nicely with the internet era as well so these just spread yeah. uh, spread more and more uh, ironically though the hubble telescope had the worst possible starts where with a lot of fanfare it went up to space and then when it finally sent back its uh, first image it was blurry crap <laughs> like nobody could make head or tail mm. of it and there was a lot of public criticism about nasa wasting so much taxpayer money to send back uh, images like this and they actually had to send up so if you if anybody listening to this episode has like their mobile phone or their camera broken and they're lamenting that they need to go to a service center about 500 meters away to fix it nasa had to spend send up another spaceship with a service crew to fix the damn camera <laughs> <laughs> on the Hubble telescope which is about uh, which is in uh, Earth's lower atmosphere wow. so yeah they, so they world's so most expensive servicing for, yeah yeah they had actually planned for about let's say Dunzo tried to do that so they had about five or six service missions planned <laughs> They had about five or six service missions planned for the life of the Hubble telescope in space, but they never expected one to happen so early. I think it happened in a year or so after the Hubble was launched. But anyway, after that, after that uh, was fixed, uh, it uh, it completely worked, and uh, Hubble's been sending back uh, amazing uh, images ever since. I actually did not know the fact that uh, uh, there were regular crews going up and fixing the fixing, upgrading the Hubble's optics, and the images have just gotten better. This is astonishing 
interesting photo that Hubble shot of uh, uh, something called the Veil Nebula, which is some part of the universe somewhere. I'm not enough into astronomy to know these things, what exactly that means, but it's a part mm-hmm. of the universe and it looks absolutely gorgeous. One of the uh, best photos mm-hmm. uh, that the Hubble took or one of the uh, the photo that uh, in Vox's words changed everything was a 1995 photo called the Deep Field Photo, which is just a, and there's no polite way of saying this, just a random photo. It was just pointing mm-hmm. to nothing and everything at the same time. Because till now, telescopes are focusing on one object in particular. But the director of the telescope said, no, I just wanted to focus on, you know, just everything at once. So they found that everything voila point, And that's a very rich photo mm-hmm. in the sense that there's just so many images over there and so much science has been done on the basis of that one photo itself. So it's called the NASA deep field photo. And it's quite interesting if anyone wants to have a look at it. So anyway, so Hubble's done a lot for humanity and it's uh, pretty much on its last legs or last orbits. And we need something... (laughs) Last lenses. (laughs) Last lenses, nice. So we need something better. So the James Webb telescope is hardly new. It's something that's, uh, I think, about two decades in the making with an initial budget of 1 billion, it's obviously ballooned up to 10 billion now. You know, the problem with all these things like billion, uh, 1 billion, 10 billion, it's, it feels with all these valuations of companies right now, you would think that mankind's biggest telescope going to space to see, to look at 20 billion years in the past should cost more than 10 billion or there are some <laughs> companies that shouldn't be worth 1 billion. It just feels ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this this, this yeah. actually reminds reminds me of uh, the whole thing about um, the Indian space mission to Mars costing less than the movie Gravity did. <laughs> it is that ridiculous. I mean, you would hope that yeah, the actual actual explorations of space are like uh, cheap, are more expensive than the che- than the movie representations of it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that just is to the put things in pers- yeah, and just to put things in perspective, this is supposed to be the apex of human astronomy, engineering, ingenuity, ambition, everything, and it's still valued at one fifth the value of Baiju's. So that's what we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah. oh just God. saying. Just saying. I'm not. I don't think they had to coerce the astronomers. Just imagine if. Hey. Uh, no, never mind. That's another bleak thought. Let's not get there. So the James Webb Telescope. So it is yes named after a gentleman called James Webb who was the chairman of NASA at the time of the Apollo launch, although this is also slightly controversial because there are reports that said Mr. Uh, Chairman was uh, slightly homophobic during his tenure, but NASA, uh, but there's a lot of debate about that right now. And I guess everyone is just happy that the damn telescope is up in space and not wanting to invite unnecessary controversy right now. But yes, that is there. It is 100 times more powerful than the Hubble telescope. It is also going to be much, much further away it's going to be 1.5 million kilometers away from the earth to put things in context the moon is uh, less than 400,000 kilometers away so if something goes wrong over there it's very unlikely that we are going to be able to send a service crew as easily as we did the Hubble telescope so the James Webb telescope is also going to optimize for infrared and it's uh, and that is something that we will explore on the other side of this break because, well, that's uh, going to take some explanation. So, yes. Yeah, see you around. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Simplified's look at the James Webb telescope. And when I say look, I obviously mean metaphorical look because we can't see the telescope anymore. Two days back, as at the time of recording, there was this poignant video that NASA had released. This is the last time humanity is ever going to see the James Webb telescope and it's gone. So whether it's a success, whether it's a failure, <laughs> you're never going to be able to see it again. So it's gone. <laughs> Uh, It's very unlikely that NASA is going to be able to send a service uh, station or something like that in the, at least in the next decade is what they say. So that's that's a length of, uh, uh, you know, these uh, things, lives that we're talking about. But anyway, let's come back to uh, the James Webb telescope. So it is going to focus primarily on the infrared spectrum. What that means is it is optimized just like your camera, uh, a typical camera is going is optimized for visible light as are your eyes. This telescope is going to be optimized for infrared. Now, there are, I won't get too much into the science of it. One, because there's a lot. And two, I honestly don't understand all of it. The the biggest advantage of looking at infrared is uh, with a series of calculations, you're basically looking back in time. One of the best definitions yeah, yeah, of the yeah. one of the best definitions of the telescope that I came across is that uh, this is actually a time machine that NASA is sending up, which will be able to look back 13.5 billion years. Because hmm. well, we'll all know that uh, light travels; it's not instantaneous. But when you are sitting in a room and you switch on a light bulb, there is actually a very small billionth of a second delay in the light coming on and it hitting your eyes. But it's so small that you obviously don't perceive it. Similarly, yeah. the, uh, and then as distances increase, this becomes more and more palpable. The light that you're seeing from the sun or the moon right now, obviously has been, has left the said celestial bodies a few seconds or minutes back and so on and so forth for the other planets and other things that you see, especially the stars. Those things yeah. might have left a few days or even months back. So NASA hopes to be able to, so that is all just visible light. Infrared, however, travels travels for a much longer distance without losing any of its uh, uh, which are without losing strength and with a series of calculations which involve things like wavelengths and all that nasa will be hopes that this telescope will be able to detect things that happened very very far back in the past and be able to capture photographically things that happen. And when I say things back in the past, I'm not talking about Narain's youth or something like that. I am talking about 13.5 billion years back. Uh, A mere 13.5 billion years. Yeah, yeah, a mere mere 13.5 billion years back. Uh, And essentially, it hopes to capture light since the universe existed. No pressure, James Webb Telescope. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but uh, this is, the, this reminds me of uh, when I was uh, moving into one of my houses in uh, Bombay. Common friend of ours, uh, Divya, gave uh, me a a small uh, wall stand, wall hanging of sorts, which had like a very beautiful uh, coat. So it had like the it had the it had the exact uh, 1985 deep space picture, and uh, it was written over there. And I am. I am known to be a bit of a grammar stickler from time to time. And so she had written uh, that the quote on the poster was that uh, uh, adhering to grammar is like watching stars in the sky. They may look, it may look pretty, but they're actually all uh, remnants of thi- of uh, objects long dead. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, 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 so now that was this, this just the entire conversation of looking back in time reminded me of that. Like, 
actually what we look at in the sky in the night sky are pretty much stars which have probably already died yeah also given the temperature that's up there is also quite chilly up there in space but that's yeah. not a mind Mm. that's unnecessary observation the mm. other things that the telescope is going to do i mean there are a lot of reasons uh, why it's going up there it hopes to study every phase of cosmic history like i just said it hopes to validate a lot of theories and hypotheses that uh, astronomers have they've all just educated guesses till now but hopefully they'll find uh, some proof of it including some controversial theories that stephen hawking had put forward on black holes and dark matter and it also hope to use this to detect signs of life so infrared is fairly versatile not just is it a time traveling little piece of the spectrum but it also is very useful to look at exoplanets and things of that nature which basically ca- basically means that this telescope can detect whether there are some kind of gases coming from very very far away planets exoplanets which basically mean planets outside our solar system and see whether that means that there are signs of life out there so all these things put together means that we are going to learn a lot more about ourselves our role in the universe evolution of life not just on earth but around the world hopefully a lot more about the big bang theory and of course along the way i hope that they will be sending a lot more amazing photographs and stuff like that if the hubble was able to send those kind of photos then using today's technology and with those improved optics that uh, the james webb has uh, think is going to be a interesting thing for not just science but also popular science and rekindling science in popular imagination so there's a lot riding on this obviously the launch happened on christmas day uh, after years of delays uh, and budget overruns but uh, it went off without a hitch and they were actually it's it's quite fascinating if you've seen the i'm sure all of you have seen some image or the other the iconic hexagonal golden shape of the james webb telescope these are all uh, there are 16 hexagonal mirrors all put together and all of these are made out of beryllium which uh, just goes to show that if you work hard you can yeah. be anything that you like i i have to i have to tell you this thing about beryllium you know what is the ore ore for beryllium beryllium is a metal right Ox- and beryllium oxide ore for no be- no it is sapphires oh man really yeah. no way yeah so it comes so beryllium basically comes coated in like or rubies uh, or sapphires I, i don't remember which but it's a precious stone i think rubies i i don't remember rubies or sapphires you can check that on 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 the but beryllium is bloody expensive because you need gemstones i mean if it is if it is coated in rubies it will definitely be bloody literally and metaphorically <laughs> bloody expensive <laughs> and uh, it's also these things are made out of beryllium and they are coated with gold because you know gold is this gold uh, is yeah, the sharmachika beta of the uh, periodic table no best conductivity most yeah. expensive this thing that everything yeah, so yeah. it's um, most malleable so most ductile yeah everything overachiever yeah. hate gold <laughs> can't stand that show off no but anyway, it is a so, terrible uh, uh, to to its credit uh, the one negative thing about gold is that over the past year it's been a bad ad- asset class i am 1% down on my gold <laughs> okay, okay. of course of course okay. take it yes <laughs> all those all those physical and chemical properties have been under because of the uh, because the actual truth comes in the market yeah man what is gold price that is the main thing yeah if you kick gold you know what sound it makes ow yeah oh <laughs> man well played yes, sir, yeah. 
<laughs> unnecessary <laughs> anyway so the like the this. telescope has a lot of instrumentation and very sophisticated sort of things the idea is that it's going so one the sensor size is about i think about 16 times or something no six times larger than that of the james webb telescope it's going to receive a lot of infrared and then reflect that onto a much smaller mirror and hence the mm. images are likely to be more high res etc etc so it's quite a engineering marvel in fact it's quite a sprawling telescope it's on a base that's the size of a tennis court now to get this wow. damn thing up Whoa. to space it's yeah it's very mm. difficult to get something that's up to space right so they actually had to and this is ingenious they actually had to design it in such a way that it could be flapped almost like sort of like a like an origami of sorts so that it could fit inside the uh, rocket and then uh, it could be shot up into space and then then it's it, as we as we record it's actually slowly unfurling in space it's actually not a complete working telescope up in space just yet various parts of it are uh, are unfolding as of now everything seems to be absolutely fine and there's no uh, there's no issue but it's just amazing the amount of technology that's gone behind just getting the damn thing to space they said that there are 300 possible points at which uh, there are 300 possible things that could go wrong but they've just tried tested rehearsed this so many times that they're pretty confident that it's all going to work out well so yes that is a little bit about the james webb telescope oh here's another interesting thing which i did not know it's it's not like the telescope just randomly floats up into space and like a tourist clicks everything and sends it back to earth there are act- so you actually have to get in touch with nasa uh, like various obs- uh, researchers have to get in touch with nasa and they have to subscribe to like time slots Ah. so yeah so maybe in a particular location is going to be great for observing you know one planet or one phenomenon or something like that so apparently and uh, shrikant will love this because uh, this is this kind of reminded me of how stocks are subscribed oversubscribed it's actually subscribed to for a fair number a fair a fair amount of months and only after that can nasa allow the telescope to do something random which led to the deep field photo that uh, we were talking about a while after that yeah for 6 months oh. after after launch it's already like oh, it's already subscribed all the time so it's kind of fascinating right? to just see yeah. the yeah it's kind of fascinating to see how the operations of these things happen just imagine being a project manager coordinating for researchers around yeah, the world yeah. all of them wanting time on this that this this actually makes sense because uh, there's uh, uh, i mean I, i remember again from the big bang theory itself like they uh, there were a couple of references that they were uh, that uh, rajesh kutrapalli used to talk about was about uh, uh, booking time on the hst right so like yeah. there are people who used to there's a system where you have to like go through a set of booking form i can almost imagine imagine the booking form for that i, yeah. I doubt it will be a a simple google form kitna time chahiye kitna time ke liye chahiye i wonder if we could i, I wonder if we could uh... book time and just to uh, mm, never yeah. mind by we i mean of course simplify uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see we <laughs> maybe we can like imagine how freaky it would be if that be like book time on the Uh, on the James Webb telescope, we're looking into some deeps. 
galaxy somewhere and like a cloud suddenly forms with the word mm. simplified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, it's is, actually... Then, then we can truly conclude there is no intelligent life out there. there. Is, there is no intelligent <laughs> life out there because they are listening to simplified. Okay? That's a, that, that would be an amazing conclusion to all of civilization. So uh, it's actually quite hot up where the telescope is uh, going to be. It's actually 50 degrees uh, Celsius. Uh, up there, which is not very amenable for infrared, which uh, prefers much, much, I mean, which works better in much, much lower temperatures. So that uh, tennis uh, uh, field size things that I'm talking about, they're actually sun shields. So basically, the the telescope has its back to the sun. And Mm. there, there are five shields, which which have a sun, uh, that SPF factor, you know, which you find on your, uh, <laughs> oh. no, we, we, actually, actually, the SPF factor of the James Webb telescope's uh, shields <laughs> is 1 million. Just to put things in context, your average sunscreen has somewhere between 30 to 50. So mm. as a result of which, the temperature on the ass of the telescope is 50 degrees Celsius. On the other side, it's like some minus 200, 300 degrees. Yeah, so that's yeah. it, how it effective the damage is. 50 Kelvin, correct. 50 Kelvin. 50 Kelvin. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, I, think, mm. I think that's minus 200 degrees Celsius or something. Minus, yeah, yeah. Minus yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's how effective that damn thing is. And I, for one, like, why are we wasting this technology on a satellite? Have you, like, seen Bombay in summer? Can we have a few of those things <laughs> installed over here so that we can reduce our AC costs? Is what I want to ask. But yeah, I think that's broadly about it. There is, I mean, there's lots, yeah. lots. So one, there's a lot of science, which I don't understand enough to propound on the show. And two, it's still very much WIP. In fact, one major component is going to go live tomorrow at the time of recording, which is uh, to, we are recording on the 8th of Jan and 9th of Jan. Uh, uh, one more of the components is being launched or is going live. And only after a period of three months or something will the telescope actually start beaming uh, images and data back down to Earth. So still is a long, long way for uh, a long, long way to go. But overall, it's pretty exciting. And uh, like I said, it opens, uh, we will be able to look back at the past, answer some questions, answer questions, maybe even come out with some completely new questions. Uh, so yes, all in all, pretty, uh, yeah. pretty exciting. And, and Yeah, so and in this actually one one thing that uh, I actually was speaking to uh, another friend who was like, uh, I mean, we were, we were having a deeper conversation about just uh, the kind of projects that people undertake and how money is wasted. And then one of the conversations revolved around how how effectively NASA is a great waste of money. Hmm. Like about how, how it effectively is like, NASA how, is a great way of money. Okay, no, not effectively, but like how NASA itself is a great waste uh-huh. of money. And, okay, uh, and and that's where like one of the counterpoints that kind of I I said and I read up a bit about after was, I mean, it's when the first when Sputnik was sent up and all that, it was just like oh let's see what's out there, but the hmm. process of doing all of this actually eventually led to what is one of the most useful things for global communications and global life today yeah. is satellites, right? Yeah. And uh, and what the HST saw, I mean, it it may at this point seem like a gigantic, uh, uh, I mean, a gigantic high school experiment of sorts, just seeing better into space and seeing like deeper into space and stuff. But you never know when you might be able to see something or even forget the actual effectiveness of the mission. The process of building this telescope itself and launching yeah. it and making it a success, 
uh, whether it is using those uh, gold plated beryllium plates to kind of like have a better view of different uh, this thing of uh, different uh, spectrum of light and stuff like that yeah, on yeah. earth itself has so many applications and uses of developing stuff uh, so as such it is it is a real uh, uh, that the the benefits you may not be evident right now but there are yeah. several and it is part of the entire process and in that thing of part of the entire process uh there are things that come and it's actually come time uh, uh turns and comes back in a perfect circle to the james webb te- james webb telescope itself because it is named after james webb the uh, nasa administrator whose greatest achievement or whose greatest like the most uh, notable point of his career was actually apollo 1 now apollo 1 hmm. there was a fire in the uh, capsule and a couple of astronauts died on earth itself right and he handled the entire uh, uh, he handled the press and the aftermath of all of that and he was one of the people who was responsible for saying no we will do apollo 2 we are not hmm. going to scrap the program after this and we are going to keep going the whole point is that you will have setbacks you will have all of these uh, Uh, you will have like cost overruns you will have all kinds of problems in in trying to explore something new but you would have never had apollo 11 and neil armstrong and the uh, trip to the moon and thereby now leading to technological advances like the james webb telescope had yeah. you abandoned the apollo 1 system so it's actually very aptly Amazing. named after uh, yeah so this uh, is actually james webb. yeah so it's actually a nod to administration rather than engineering ingenuity which you can argue is as important if not more important yeah so, yeah, I, I, yeah yeah i mean it requires i mean it, daring and bold administration actually leads to tremendous things uh, just yeah. as much as uh, engineering and uh, scientific feats yeah, yeah. so well shout out well to said. admin and hr all admin and <laughs> yeah. hr yeah yeah like 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 i completely agree with what you're saying i think nikola tesla could have used with a little bit of admin and he might have been the greatest inventor uh, or Absolutely. would be popularly known as the greatest inventor uh, of mm. all time uh, rather than the other guy who had good pr going for him yeah. and we know who that is uh, uh, count on a count on a, a podcast full of mbas to praise administration <laughs> <laughs> praise the administration uh, oh yeah one third of mba is administration now <laughs> yeah. so i mean so you're right now so uh, i mean the if you see the list of technologies that have uh, the consumer technologies that have spinned off as a result of nasa's mm. experiments even if it's like we don't have private rockets right now but everything from gps technologies to the material that is on the sole of a nike shoe originally yeah. has some origin in space research etc so yes absolutely right, right. you're, you're right absolute so we may or may not understand where we are coming from uh, with the james or telling but there's no doubt that there's going to be some consumer tech in the next 10 15 20 years that's going to I mean, I mean, come closer, out as a result of this yeah i closer to home i mean uh, from even the rocketry technology that uh, apj abdul kalam was working on led to the development and the super lightweight materials that he was working with carbon fiber materials that he was working with led yeah. to uh, the development of super lightweight prosthetics for mm-hmm. uh, people to use and that those prosthetics are enabling people like earlier they used to have to lug around that 20 kilo jaipur foot yeah. and now they are able to use like carbon fiber super lightweight uh, prosthetics so these technologies have like wide ranging i mean technological progress should not be discounted just because it's not immediately utilitarian yeah yeah yep so yeah yep. there's a lot uh, riding on this and we at simplified will be keeping a keen mm-hmm. eye on the james mm-hmm. webb of course we won't be i mean metaphorical eye because we won't be able to see it anymore <laughs> there are a few uh, like a final random observations and points that i wanted to 
Mekhaja just put up over here. So, here's an interesting little story actually about the uh, telescope. See, when NASA were putting plans for the telescope together, they realized that it was going to be super expensive and they were very scared about how uh, the administration was going to react to like, oh, there's a lot of construction machinery, tools, etc. So they put the final figure together. Like, shit, this is actually going to uh, pass muster. Uh, and they sent it to the NASA head. And he next day itself came and said, the plans are approved. But tell me, which spectrum do you plan to cover? The scientists mm. were actually very tense about the plans getting approved and mm. surprised that hey, he's approved it so quickly. Like I said, have you actually gone through the... Uh, uh, the you know documents mm. for all the infrastructure and everything that we have said. He said yes, yes, yes. But which spectrum of light do you plan to cover? Mm. Again, the incredulous scientist asked, "Did you infrared?" <laughs> so the Shrikant, uh, Shrikant, 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 Shrikant. Oh, so, as you mm. also know, there are lots mm. of Indians mm. working at NASA, uh, and they tend to bring their food along with them. Uh, and uh, one of the Americans who was, you know, they used to eating bland food. They had some of the, you know, regular homemade food that we'd be having. And they said, wow, Mike, this is outstanding. Like what Indian preparation is, what amazing uh, royal Indian preparation. What Australian astronomers are there in, in yeah, US, what, but okay. <laughs> what amazing royal Indian food is this? The Indian just shrugged and said, this is mere curry. So, have you seen? Yeah. Anyway, I think we need a break. So, have you seen the 2013 Hindi movie about three friends who wanted to observe the outer solar system? Uh, the outer solar system. It's a movie called Kuiper Che. <laughs> Kuiper. Please, one of our ardent uh, listeners on uh, Simplified, uh, at Trend Crusher on Twitter, he and I were playing a history game and he asked me, uh, Chuck, who did Hitler hate? Uh, and then I said, <laughs> Jew, Peter. <laughs> Shriket, you look very, very down. You look like you could yeah, use yeah. some medication or two. So can I interest you in asteroid? Asteroid. <laughs> Steroid, a steroid. Steroid. Okay, just a, just a, just a couple more. There was a sage who was asked his opinion. A sage, like a very wisely Rastafarian sage, who was asked his opinion on the lengths of various genres of music, and he was especially critical of pop music for being too short, and of course, uh, Shriket of our favorite genre, progressive rock, for being too long. So this sage would famously said, "Pop seem a second, prog seem a century." He was also not too fond of yeah. He was also not too fond of sprouts, so he would always find meals with sprouts very long. So he would also say alpha alpha century, alpha century. Okay, enough for now. And actually, Narin, I can actually see your muscles through the because you're wearing. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, so I can actually say, Buzz Armstrong. <laughs> it was supposed to be Buzz Aldrin, but I mixed up the two. Buzz anyway, Armstrong. finally, let's let's end with a basketball observation. Mm. And Srikhe, this is specific. This is specially for you because I know you're a big fan of the NBA. So there's an NBA team called the Celtics. Okay, and mm. they managed to sign up the best basketball player in the world right now. And to fill said best basketball player in the world's position at the Golden State Warriors, his former teammate, a guy whose first name is Damian, had to step up. But here's the interesting thing, Srikhe. Golden State Warriors new sponsor is an Indian pharma company. The same guys who make Manforce condoms and Prega News. So that's wow. one small step for Maine and one giant Lee for 
mankind. Mm. That's that's about it. So uh, we'll be back with yes. another episode on the James Webb Telescope. Wow. Yes. And yeah, oh, I thought I thought of one. I thought <laughs> I, uh, I thought of one. Even when uh, they had to replace the HST with the James Webb Telescope because it uh, uh, couldn't see uh, couldn't see the brightest star in the sky. To which the NASA astronomers replied, "Are you serious?" <laughs> well played. <laughs> yeah. We have made Srikant say a bad yeah. joke on air, which I think is the logical conclusion of this episode. So, gentlemen, can we call this a day? Or yes. A light year. Yes. Let's call this a light year. <laughs> light year. <laughs> yeah. So, Naren, so, uh, get yeah. home soon, Naren. Get yeah, home soon. Thank you. Yeah. Or uh, everyone who's listening into this, uh, you can send your death threats to me and mm. your uh, get well soon. messages in mm. uh, mandated in uh, at least five color based uh, whatsapp forwards mm. to narin and yeah, yeah. yes so, narin those uh, i i actually you know i could experience the covid uh, viruses fleeing in large numbers when they heard chucks dreadful is this all it takes is points. this all it takes in which case <laughs> i will tackle the third wave <laughs> there are few of us on twitter who are capable of destroying the third wave and this ruddy virus forever if they, mm. honestly speaking if puns are what is going to kill this virus <laughs> oh boy is twitter wells place to take this on <laughs> and these yeah. olsman and i will join forces to so yeah in your uh, face moderna stay 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 safe guys stay safe uh stay exploring infrared. right stay Infra- infrared stay, okay stay exploring stay exploring stay exploring stay and and stay, exploring, and stay yeah. simplified and see you <laughs> next week <laughs> stay infrared it seems seems like a bad spin off of the hulk <laughs> okay oh, bye everyone see you soon bye. see you guys yeah. see you next week bye bye